You're listening to Heart Food Podcast, episode 55 with Marisa Moody. Welcome to Heart Food Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, nutritional therapy practitioner and private chef. This is a show that tells you the truth about food, nutrition, movement, mental health, mindfulness, and body image, all with a hefty dose of real talk. This show will inspire you, change your mindset, and help you feel more confident and comfortable in your own skin inside and out. To find the show notes for each episode and to sign up for my weekly newsletter, visit ashleypardo.com. Find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ashley K. Pardo. Find me on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Ashley Pardo. If you have a question to be answered on this podcast, please email it to heartfoodpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Hey friends, I'm so excited to bring you this episode today with my friend Marisa. Marisa is somebody that I met through my business coaching group with Jill Coleman, who is our business coach. And to be honest with you, before we had this conversation, we had never really had a long conversation. Like We've talked over DM, we've met each other in person a few times, but that's why I really love this podcast because it's just like, let's get into the deep stuff right away. Let's skip the small talk and uh, let's just become friends. And that's selfishly why I love having the show, but also to bring you these conversations with such amazing people, people who have incredible perspectives that can really help us out in so many different areas of our lives. So in Marisa's words, here is her bio. So I help women elevate their health and confidence so they can focus on work that sets their soul on fire. I am passionate about helping people live healthy, active lives and using that energy to do something that fulfills them, lights them up and makes a bigger impact in the world. Such a good way to to put it and to talk about, well, of course it's her bios in her own words, but that's really, I think for so many of us that work in health and fitness, I think that's such uh, an overarching theme and what we want to do and why we do what we do, because we know that feeling good and eating well and exercising just has such a spillover effect in life. And in this episode, we don't get a lot into like the specifics of nutrition and training. There are so many episodes about that. Um, that I've done that are incredible as well. But this one, we really talk a lot about habits. We talk about how to um, live with fear. Notice I didn't say like overcome fear um, because that's something that might not ever go away. How to uh, get acquainted with the stories that we tell ourselves, how to change our life, how to um, you know be flexible with yourself and really how to just honor yourself in so many different aspects, whether that is leaving a job, um, leaving a relationship, starting a relationship, just really doing what works for you and being thoughtful about living an intentional life. So all of the information for how to reach Marisa is in the show notes. You can find her on Instagram at Marisa Janine Moody, but again, it's all in the show notes. Uh, she's also offering us a free, 
uh, 30-day dumbbell workout program. So you can get that in the show notes as well. Uh, I also wanted to quickly, before we get into the episode, give you guys an update on Intuitive Eating School. So this is my eight-week program that I launched uh, sort of quietly because uh, I filled the program actually by only doing... um, a pre-sale like behind the scenes. So I only talked about it a little bit on social media um, because I did get the amount of women that I wanted to be in the group. I wanted to keep it intimate. But this is something that I'm going to continue to be offering sometime in the next few months. Uh, And it's really a program that will teach you how to become intuitive with your eating. So I don't really think that you can intuitively eat, um, you know, perhaps many hyperpalatable foods, uh, processed foods, because those override hunger and things like that. And I see so many women out there suffering from doing that and then not feeling comfortable in their bodies and stuff. So I wanted to offer something that could guide you to get to a place where you could feel equipped and ready to, um, you know, really just honor yourself with your eating and get to a place where you feel comfortable and confident with the way that you eat, no matter what's going on around you, no matter if you're traveling, because we're really going to be talking about nutrition health and nutrition templates, how you should eat in macronutrient balance for blood sugar balance and for hormonal health, because all of those things matter. So I have loved the way that the group has been progressing. The women are amazing. I know I selected some pretty incredible women to be part of this group and we're all helping each other. So I just want you to be on the lookout for that to, um, to sign up for that again, when it's launched sometime next year, just have it on the radar in case you're interested. So yeah, that's it for me. Uh, let's get right into the episode with Marisa and I hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Marisa. No problem. Happy to be here. I'm so excited to have you on. And this is actually, we were just talking about this before. This is actually like the first, you and I have like talked over DM. I've met you in person a couple times, but like this is the first time that we're really like talking, talking. And I know that we yeah. have so much in common. Um, but before we start, why don't you let the audience know if they might not be familiar with you, um, what you do now and how you got to be where you are. I know that's a big question. We were just sort of talking about <laughs> that, but you know, just give it an answer and, and we'll see where it goes from there. Okay, yeah, that's a big meaty one. So what I do right now, um, I'm a personal trainer and health coach. I'm based out of Vancouver, BC in Canada. Um, So I do one on one coaching, uh, one on one personal training, I have an outdoor boot camp company um, in Vancouver. And then I also do online coaching, um, uh, obviously working with people all around the world, which I love. Um, and in addition, I actually do health retreats too on the Sunshine Coast in BC. And then I have one in Mexico, which are like some of my most favorite weekends and weeks. That is awesome. Uh, yeah, I was just, I didn't know that you did that. And as I was looking at your website, I was like, this is so cool. It's, it's like, I'm going to go on a slight tangent just uh-huh. to talk about first for a moment, but it's just so much fun because a couple years ago, um, I'm not sure how it is in, in the Miami area, but like Vancouver is very yoga heavy mm-hmm. okay um, tons of yoga retreats and, and like yoga everywhere and I love yoga but I thought like I I would go on a yoga retreat but like I don't want to only do yoga mm-hmm. I kind of want to do like some hikes and I want to do some workouts so I just decided to create that and I was like hopefully some people want to join me <laughs> that's amazing um, so yeah it's, I love it it's just getting away with like a group of like-minded people for an active weekend or week 
um, and returning home feeling like refreshed and rejuvenated. Uh, and particularly after Mexico, after a week, it's returning home, not feeling like, oh, I got to get back into the routine. I got to get back into yeah. like focusing on my health because we're focusing on it all week. I love that. And and we can't really like downplay the importance of in-person stuff either. Oh, I think that's yeah. so important. You know, we were just in Boston together and I felt like even though it was tiring, like I felt rejuvenated as well. So like, I think it's so important for people out there to know that like, if you're on the internet meeting your friends, like see them in person, do in-person stuff too. Yeah, totally. And and at all my retreats, I do like a goal setting workshop because I think when A, you like unplug from your regular uh, routine in your life, but also when you're like surrounded with really positive people, mm -hmm. uh, things start to flow that don't yes. normally flow in your brain. For and sure. you kind of unlock or think about things in a different perspective. And I think that, like you said, it's so valuable to be in person because you can't create that energy and that environment uh, a independently by yourself or be online like there's lots of really great communities and really great support you can find through the internet but you just can't replicate that in-person connection for sure for sure um okay so let's go back to your initial question yes. about <laughs> dr i am um and give it somewhat of a condensed answer um i was working for quite a few years at the university here um and, and it's a really great employer locally like one of the top rated employers and it was a, a good job i had like kind of an amin job to start wasn't super satisfied with it um thankfully there's a ton of um, employee benefits at this organization so one of the things i took advantage of was coaching um that they had they offered to staff and through that and conversations and stuff started to explore that maybe like personal training might be something that i'd be interested in um probably the coaching program was more so set up to like what area of the university do you want to work in that better aligns to your skills? But whatever, the coach was open and the conversation went outside of that. So I ended up taking my personal training certification. Um, and to be honest, when I took it, I either, either it was like a story I told myself out of fear or like I just hadn't really thought about it, but I never intended to like really build a substantial business from it mm. at, or um, build a business that I would leave my job. That wasn't really my intention. Yeah. It was like, I think it was a security thing. I was like, well, you know what? I'll educate myself because I could pay for a personal trainer or I could like take the coursework and then I'll know what I'm doing. So let's do that. And then like if people, if I want to do like a few people on the side, cool. And if not, fine. Like literally my first client, I charged $20. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then we can see how far we've come. But I love when things happen like that out of, because it's just like a general curiosity as opposed yeah. to like forcing things to happen, which I think can happen a lot in the entrepreneurial world um, where you sort of put this different sort of energy on it versus like, hmm, I'm just curious about this. And like, let me just see where it takes me without attachment, you know? Totally. Yeah. It's like, I really like being active. I was into running. Okay. So this is like a passionate, uh, an area for me. So let's explore it a little bit more and see what comes from it. Um, and then I started to grow my business on the side. Um, and, you know, every so often I'd kind of get frustrated with my job and think, OK, I'm going to leave this and, and try and grow my personal training business. And then I would get a promotion. And then, of course, I would be like interested in that, engaged, newly challenged in the new role that would last for a year or two. Then I would start to be bored again and be like, OK, I got to grow my business. And literally this happened like three or four times. I kept getting mm -hmm. like so it's like I, every time I started to like look outside of my box, I was like pulled back in. Yeah. And I for seven years, I worked a full time job and then built my business on the side, um, working like teaching outdoor boot camp in the morning, clients um, after work. 
on my weekends, sometimes on my lunch break, like literally any moment I fit it in around my day. Were you tired when that was happening? Kind of, yes and no. Like, yeah, because it's a lot, you know, waking up at five, working out, showering at work, working all day, going to work out in the evening, like sometimes eating dinner at nine o'clock, going to bed at 10, waking up at five. Yes. Um, In hindsight, it's more exhausting than it was in it. Yeah, because you're energized by what you're doing. I'm passionate about it. I'm around like positive, awesome people who are exercising or appreciating what I'm bringing um, to the table. And I mean, exercise is energizing. Like obviously it takes energy, but it does create that energy too. And I think I just didn't even think about it. Mm. So yeah, in hindsight, and once I had made the decision to leave my day job, then I was like, oh damn, I'm tired. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Once you finally rest for a second, it's like, man. Totally. So, so what, what happened? shifted for yeah, me that was, my next um, was I actually went to hear Brendan Bouchard speak. Mm. I don't know if you know yes, him. I love, I love Brendan Bouchard. Yes. And I went to his event in San Diego. And he has this thing where he talks about um, the cage life, the comfortable life, and the charged life. So the cage life, just to like really sum it up super shortly, but I highly suggest you watch one of his videos because he's way more eloquent in describing it. The cage life is when you you just think you're stuck. Like nobody understands your situation. Um, you don't. You don't know what it's like, Ashley. You haven't been here. Mm-hmm. I can't change because of X, Y, Z, and this is my reality. Um, and then the comfortable life is like things are pretty good. You can like afford life. You can afford vacation. You, um, I don't know. You can afford like a car, your house, whatever. Like things are things are good. They're comfortable. And then the charge life is like this, like higher level of engagement like actually even gives me goosebumps thinking about it where you're just like tuned in to what you love to do and you know you're making a difference you're contributing in a way that's meaningful for you and you're just like awake you're not you're not cruising yes Yes. um what a good analogy all of those uh, different yeah i love that i've never heard that before oh you haven't oh no i love that watch his video because i i have given you a small snippet he's way better at describing it So as he's going through it all, I'm like listening, obviously, at everything he says. And all of a sudden, I was like, damn, I'm super uncomfortable, like super in the comfortable spot. Yes. Um, I was like, that's exactly me. I have a good job. I have good benefits. I have a pension. Um, I, I actually liked my job and I liked my team, but I didn't love it. Yeah. It wasn't like what I could imagine myself doing for the next 30 years to get the good pension that I was signed up for. Exactly. And so really in that moment, I was like, oh, like I just knew I was like, I can't, I can't do this forever. Like I just can't, I have to make a shift. So I was at this conference with my mom. It was a four day conference. And then when we left, I like vividly, I don't think I'll ever forget, remember going up the escalator from the the conference center. And I said to her, I was like, I'm coming back next year and I'm going to have handed in my resignation letter. And I was like, oh, I don't even know what that means. Like, it's my mom, but I was so scared to even like just verbalize it and yeah. say it out loud. And again, I gave myself that kind of leeway of like, I didn't say I would quit in a year. I said I would hand in my letter. And so this was September. And I thought, okay, well, if I hand in my letter next September, I could like maybe quit by the end of the year. So I really was giving myself like, 15 months I was trying to like (laughs) yeah stretch it a little bit yeah like soften the boundaries of it a little bit Mm -hmm. um but it was so fascinating because once I set that intention and then I came home and told my husband and and in the weeks following I remember us like lying in bed chatting and saying to him like 
how the heck am I going to make it work? Like, of course, I had clients and I had income coming in from my business. But when you're working full time and you have a part time thing, there's only so many hours you can give to that. Mm-hmm. There's only so much revenue income you can make in those time that to leave a, a comfortable job that has good pay and, and jump over to self-employment. It's, it's a big jump no matter how you slice it. Right. Totally. So I was like, I know I'm going to do it. I know I'm going to figure it out, but I actually have no idea how it's going to work out. Uh, and thankfully, he's super supportive. And he's like, I don't know, it's just, you will figure it out. And so we both kind of had that like agreement and knowledge that it will work out. But we had no idea how to get from A to B. Um, and then literally six weeks later, um, a couple trainers I know in the city, they were leaving and they offered me to take over their one on one client base. And it was like the gift from the universe that yeah. I needed. I couldn't even believe was happening. I gave myself 15 months and six weeks later, the universe was like, here you go. Oh, wow. And it was insane. It was like right before Christmas. And I had a big trip to Australia planned in the new year. So I was like, oh, my God, am I going to quit my job right before Christmas, before this vacation, give up all my uh, like travel insurance and paid vacation days and all this stuff. Was, it was crazy. But I knew that, like, I'm not going to get another chance like this. This is it. Yes. Yeah. Never easier. Uh, thankfully, my boss was really supportive and let me transition through part time for four okay. months. Okay, okay, perfect. Fully, um, and so that was um, in what year is it now? Twenty eighteen. That was in spring of twenty seventeen. Wow! Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Wow, yeah, Marisa. So, yeah, wasn't that long? Amazing. Ago? Two years that oh I've been um, fully self employed, but nine years that I've had my business. Wow, that's incredible. And like, I think that sometimes, like. We were talking before about like passion and what that means and like how it seems very like sexy to people like, oh, especially like if people are in the cage or they're comfortable, um, Mm -hmm. if they see somebody that's like doing that's self-employed, that's like, you know, that's their own boss then it can seem very like amazing, like, whoa, it's like this incredible thing that you're doing, your own, you're your own boss, but it's hard <laughs> and it's, it's so true. scary and it is risky and everything, but I feel like energetics are such a big part of it. And I feel like if you can relax in it, then things come to you so much quicker. And that's just a testament to what you went through when you gave like your 15 months notice and you were like, okay, I got time. <laughs> And so you kind of like let it go and then something came to you immediately. And I think that that's such an example of energetics because the moment that I sort of like in my business that I've surrendered and that I've kind of been like and not given so much pressure to it and like, you know, forced it into being something quicker than it's supposed to be, uh, then things come quicker, you know, when when I don't force it. So I think that that's just a testament to that. Um, and now, yeah, now you've been um, running your business. And what is your business? Do you mainly do people in person and online? Yeah, most like right now, the kind of bread and butter of my business is one-on-one training okay. um, in person in Vancouver um, and, and my health retreats. And then I'm transitioning and slowly growing my online coaching as well because everyone loves a little bit more flexibility in their yes. business. For sure. Uh, And one-on-one coaching allows me to do that and also allows me to reach people and work with people that I wouldn't otherwise have access to or they wouldn't have access to me. Exactly. And I really love the approach that you have um, in fitness and in nutrition, Um, you know, just talking about like being flexible 
and really doing what works for you and adapting it in a way that is something that you can do sustainably for the rest of your life as opposed to like the general essence of fitness nowadays which is just like go hard um you know or if you don't go hard then it's not worth it or things like that Mm -hmm. um and actually yesterday on instagram i wrote a post about health shaming and like Mm -hmm. how people uh can really get down on somebody who is changing their life. And I feel like that can, uh, somebody commented that that can actually hold many other people back. So I think of like all of the people out there that are not starting because they're so intimidated by it. They're like, oh my God, I'm gonna have to make this huge commitment and it's gonna have to be crazy and I'm gonna have to like uproot my life. But I feel like coming to you, it's like, it's really like not that bad. (laughs) Like you can do it slowly. So talk about that. Talk about your approach that you have with your clients. Yeah, sure. And I think, um, I guess going back even more years, my approach is based on what's worked for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, we kind of learn and teach through our own experience. Mm -hmm. And so if I go back to like my early 20s, I was not always active. I actually carried around a fair bit of extra weight ate at lots of fast food places, uh, would give a lot of like dirty looks at runners because I was insanely jealous of how they could possibly run. And like some people would even smile while they ran and yes. I just <laughs> didn't even understand how that was like a thing. Yeah. Um, and really what I started to do was I, I literally started to run. I, I gave myself 30 days and I said like, okay, I'm going to try running for 30 days. If I hate it after 30 days, that's cool, whatever, I'll park that one, I've given it a shot, and that's it. But I never really gave it a consistent effort before. And I don't mean run every day, like I probably ran two or three days a week, but like committed to it for the month. And I started with like two minutes of running, one minute of walking, like 20 minutes max. And you know, by the end of 30 days, lo and behold, I loved running. I couldn't believe that I could actually run like a 5k. It was like mind blowing to me, because usually once around a track would like damn near kill me. And then that kind of grew into like other races and, you know, that that started my progression into uh, fitness. And then also linking back to like my business when I was talking about working uh, seven years with it full time um, at my job and, and part time on my business, I really spent 20 minutes a day focusing on my business. So I would schedule chunks of time like 20 minutes every single day in my calendar and put one like super bite size to do that I would do that day. Mm. Um, And so I, I built, I improved my health and nutrition on 20 minutes and I built my business on 20 minutes. And I know I can see it from myself and from my clients that like consistency is the key. If you, you can have the best strength program, the best, whatever fat buster, or I don't know, whatever. Um, There's millions. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Four times okay, great. You're not going to see anything from that. But if you actually do 15 to 20 minutes of a workout or focus on your business or just do 15 minutes of something based to improve your nutrition, to do some meal prep or something, and you do that consistently, the results are going to be exponentially stronger than something that you're doing sporadically. And I think that people kind of get caught up and think like, oh, I have to do this or I'm not doing this well enough. And it's like, no, what can, just do just do 20 minutes. Yes. Um, and that's kind of the one of the things that I advocate a lot and post on social media a lot is my um, take back 20 movement, which is like just take 20 minutes for yourself, whether it's 20 minutes to move your body, to like stretch your body, um, to eat your lunch, because mm. I feel like there's an epidemic of people who are just scarfing down their food while they're checking email or social media or whatever, you're not even like 
cognizant of the food you're putting into your mouth. Um, so it's really hard to like have your brain and your stomach chat and, and tell you when you full, when you're full, it's hard to acknowledge if the food is like tasty, if it's yeah. like good ingredients, because you just, you know, you're so consumed by, by media and, and other things. Um, so I really advocate for people just to take 20 minutes and to do that consistently, because if you can find that 20 minutes every day in your schedule, that adds up to massive, massive, uh, change in results, whether it's in your health, in your nutrition, in your business, growing your passion, whatever area of life, uh, consistency ranks every time. Yeah. Over intensity. Yes, for yeah. sure. And and that's what I think most people out there really think that like in order to do it, you're going to need to do all of these insane things. And the thing is that the things that seem insane, like cool sculpting or like fat blasters, whatever, like lose 30 pounds in 30 days, those things like I hate them. And I'm, I'm sure that you do, too. <laughs> And people gravitate towards those things because they seem flashy and shiny and like, look at this amazing result that you can get. And those maybe those things will give you results, but they'll always be fleeting. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot more boring <laughs> to say, you know, the reality of it is a lot more boring. Uh, you know yes. what I mean? Like eating your breakfast, like having a couple eggs and some vegetables and some sweet potato. Like it's really not that. And like when I have women comes into, come into my groups and stuff, uh, they're like, this is it. Like, this is all that, that we need to do. And I'm like, yeah, like it's really you. Most people, I think, already know what they need to do. But I think it's the habit of doing it every single day of doing something. And I think the act of showing up of like even just deciding to cut a few vegetables or um, go on a walk outside or lift weights for 20 minutes, like just showing up is enough in those moments. Yeah. yeah, I think for me, I usually ask clients to work with me at, at a minimum of three to four months. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is if, if I work with a client for one month, you can have a month in your life where everything is just ticking along. Yeah. You don't really have stress from your family, your work, whatever, like things are good for a Especially month. Especially if you're excited, yeah. you know, to yeah. like begin right. and start. Like ready to go. It's very rare that life is not going to throw you a stress curveball in yeah. three to four months. Yes. Like there's inevitably going to be something. And that's when I want to work with my clients. When like the stress is high and they want to quit and, and they want to easily push their health, their nutrition, whatever aside because they can't focus on it. And that's where the consistency comes in. So that's why it's like build this, this habit in while you can. And then when, when life it goes sideways – just try your best to do something. So in my coaching program, I was chatting last week around like finding one non-negotiable. So when like, like, I don't know, you, you know, work is crazy, family's crazy, all these demands, you can't possibly make it to the gym. Can you um, have a glass of water before every meal? Like, let's talk about like the lowest common denominator, the smallest thing that you can commit to every day that like, okay, I can't, I can't do whatever. I can't, I don't have time to cut up veggies, but I can like stop and have a glass of water. Yes. And just that intention of like still focusing on your health every day, even though it's really minimal through the stressful times is so important because it's still there. That like thread is still there. And then once the stress lets up, you're going to go back into a higher uh, level of focus and intention, but it's important not to let it drop off totally. 
Exactly. And that's when I think people operate at either one of two extremes, uh, either like white knuckling and being miserable or going off the rails. And that was me for probably, I don't know, 15 or 18 years is just operating back and forth between like, you know, not eating much and then and starving and then eating too much. And it's actually a lot hard. And that's easy, too, when you have black and white. I think all, <laughs> black and white is almost easier than navigating this middle life of mm -hmm. like life. You know what I mean? When birthday parties pop up and you go to a friend's celebration and there's wine. So how do you, that's like one of the biggest questions that I get from people is like, how do I incorporate this into my everyday life when foods are popping up, when celebrations are happening, when things are coming in my way to de derail me from my goals? What type of, of advice do you have for those people? Yeah, that I think, um, well, two things. One, I think being mindful at any point is always beneficial, right? Mm -hmm. Like not just doing something because it's there. Like you're at yes. the movie theater, so you're eating popcorn because you're at the movie theater and it smells like popcorn. You want to eat it. Like, are you hungry? Yes. I want to eat that. Yeah. And that's hard. Like, I'm not going to say that's easy. That yes. is like, yeah, it's hard. You're at a, you're at a birthday party. You're going to eat cake, whatever. And I do not advocate passing on birthday cake at a birthday party. But if you're full, if the cake is not tasty, like, I feel like we have this thing in our head, like, oh, I'm at the party. I need to eat cake. And it's like, mm -hmm. do you? Yeah. Do you need to? Can you be mindful and just like pause for a moment and just think about it? And that's probably the hardest thing to do consistently. But just like anything, if you do it consistently, it becomes more of a um, more of a habit. And then I think the other really important thing, which links to that, is like not doing something just because everyone else is doing it. Mm. Not like I know that you um, have like given up alcohol, right? Yes. So that is for the most part like. Yeah, you're in a yeah. social scenario. Everyone's having alcohol and it's so easy to just be like, oh, I'll just have a drink. And it's like, well, wait, let's yes. be mindful. But is that important to you? Is that aligned with what you want to do with your goals and what, what you've set the intention outside of that environment and that social scenario? Mm -hmm. uh, does that make sense for you? And that is like, I think a lot of people get pulled into that, whether it's like, oh, they're eating clean or this is like a cheat meal. And then you kind of like start to like uh, piggyback off of yes. other people. Things. For sure. And and that's where I feel like almost spreads like wildfire. Like, oh, I'm just gonna have a little cheat, I'm gonna have a little treat, and then the, you know, that that just ripples into the next person, the next person, the next person. Exactly. And then everyone's kind of adopting that mentality where it's like you can also just have a piece of cake because you want a piece of cake. At whatever time. To be a treat. Like right now. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and and when people go through that too, when they might get the awareness of like being at a, being at a birthday party and being full uh you know before they eat the birthday cake and then normally eating it and then realizing now and then having the awareness it's like oh man this kind of sucks now <laughs> it kind of yeah. sucks so like i think that people should expect for it to be uncomfortable at the beginning um that's what i always tell my clients like you said too like it's not easy to do these things all the time, especially at the beginning until you develop the new habit, because then when you put space between the things that are habitual for you, you can realize a lot of stuff. And I, I probably spent a year still drinking alcohol when I didn't want to, 
Mm. because of the pressure of those around me or thinking that I had to piggyback off of like, oh, I'm really going to be the only one. No, it's okay. I can still do it. And then being upset with myself the next morning, like, you know, I've never been an alcoholic per se, but it's just something that does not agree with my body, agree with the way that I want to live my life. I'm just super Mm. sensitive. So like me waking up and being like letting myself down in a way, you know, like I knew that I didn't want to do this and yet I still did it because I did not want to seem uh, picky or boring or whatever it is. But then I didn't realize that the magic that happens and the strength that you get comes from uh, sort of doing what you need to do no matter what. Yeah. You know, that's where the magic is. I think your comment on it being uncomfortable and like, that's true. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a little difficult at first because when we're trying to change our habits, our body just wants to go in that comfortable path. It wants to go where the like grooves are in the road. Right. And, and the uh, mind too. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Probably the mind is controlling the body into yeah. those. Moves. But like, that's why when I start decided to try running, I like gave myself that parameter of like, I'm going to do it for 30 days because like, yeah, I, the first couple runs, they sucked. Yeah. <laughs> they were hard. I was overweight. I was not a runner. Like those were not enjoyable runs, but I just committed to it for 30 days. Right. So that's, that's what I was going to do. Um, and same with like, let's say, um, building my business and getting more into personal training. Like I started working out at 6am. I never, ever would have thought I would be an early bird working out. Like that's mm-hmm. crazy. Um, but I, I, I kind of do these like 30 day, like, let's just try it for 30 days and see how it works. So I did the same thing with 6am workouts. I was like, okay, fine. I'll try it for a month. My, one of my friends actually challenged me and she was like, I think you'd really like it. Just try it. So I tried it and yeah, it sucks. And you know what? It still sucks sometimes waking up. You know, I'm up in Vancouver in the winter. It is dark until like eight o'clock in the morning and it's Mm -hmm. rainy and it's cold and I don't want to get out of bed, but like I've built that habit. And although it's still uncomfortable, sometimes it's way easier now than it was in the beginning. And I had to push through some uncomfort because my body wanted to do the same thing that it always had done before, which was not wake up at 6am, not go up and sweat and pant and whatever through the run. And I, my body just wanted to like sit at home and then maybe go get McDonald's at lunch. I don't know. (laughs) Well, it's like the opposite of comfort, you know? And are you, are you still a a 6am workout person? Yeah, I will like, cause I often have clients or classes and stuff like that. If I, let's say, um, like Fridays, I don't have any, any clients or anything. It's my kind of like work from home day. So I will work out in the morning, maybe not at 6am, but like, 637. Mm-hmm. I prefer to get it done first yes, thing in the morning. Same. Yeah. Um, because I just find so many excuses come up throughout the day, or it's like, I'm going to exercise, but oh, no, I'm hungry. So I'm going to eat. And then I can't yeah. work out right away after I've eaten. So yes, I got to take you delay time. it. Yeah. And I get caught up in this and that. Anyway, I just like to like get up right before the excuses can start, uh, get my workout in. And then I just feel so much better for the day. Like for I feel. Sure. You know, there's a lot of research around like waking up and, and making your bed and doing yes. something right in the beginning of the day. So you have like a quick win. And obviously making your bed is a way more uh, accessible thing than like going for a run or going to the gym. But I mean, it's the same premise of like, I've gotten a big check off my list. I wanted to work out today. I did it. Good. Check that one off and carry on with my stuff. Whereas when I don't do it first thing in the morning, it's still kind of like it's always yes. hanging over. 
Yeah, right? totally. Because I'm a 6 a.m. person. Are you? Uh, yeah, like I I was working out at home for a while. If you can see here, we're on Skype. I have like mm-hmm. a little barbell set over here. My fiance works out here. And I love walking and I love lifting. So um, I would like, you know, kind of get up at like maybe seven, get in here at like eight o'clock and then like be on the computer and then lift. And like, you know, I was still lifting and walking, but I wouldn't get done with everything till like 10 with all the breaks that I took and like, you know, things that like dealing with my dog and whatever. And then I started going to a gym, a functional fitness gym about six months ago um, where there was a group of women that show up at six and we're all there for the most part. Like at least it's like six of us. It's at least four of us that are, that show up every day and having that group there at the beginning to like really get me there was essential. And now it's like, if I don't do it at that time, like you said, it lags and I, and I never want to get up. That's the thing. Like in the morning, I don't, it's very rare for me to be like, I'm ready to go. You know what I mean? It's always more comfortable in the bed. So I have a lot of clients that, you know, I encourage them, especially like if they have children or something to maybe get up early, even if it, even if it has to be like at 530 to get up early and to have like a magic hour or even half an hour where they can like read something and maybe journal or pull a tarot card or something like that. Um, and then start moving if they can. Uh, And I have so many clients that tell me, um, you know, what's a hack that I can do to, you know, try Mm. to wake up earlier or to get myself out of bed. I'm like, there is nothing magic about it. You just do it. Like Nike had it right in (laughs) in that thing. Like that is so true for everything is that like sometimes you just have to do it even if it's uncomfortable. And then you can get like triple the satisfaction from it once you actually follow through with the commitment that you made to yourself. Totally. Yeah. Um, One, I don't know if it's like a hack, but maybe like a little uh, extra security thing that I do. So I put like my sports bra right beside my bed. Mm. And when I wake up in the morning, I I put it on right away. Oh, yeah. Um, And for me, it's like once I have my sports bra on, I'm not going to go back into bed. Well, exactly. I'm going to feel horrible. I like had the intentions, had my sports bra on, ready to go work out. So once that's and that's like almost like a trigger in my brain, right? Yes. Sports bra clothes are right there ready. I wake up, grab my clothes, get changed before I can like, you know, I I mean, I still have to get out of bed to grab the clothes. So there's a step there. But that is like, um, maybe my signal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's like sports bra's on. That's it. No turning back. Exactly. (laughs) For me, it's leaving because I wake up before my fiance. Mm -hmm. Uh, He wakes up like two and a half hours later than I do. I wake up around five and he's up at like 730. Mm -hmm. Uh, He goes to bed a little bit later too. Um, So my signal is once I leave the room. Like Mm -hmm. once I leave the room, like once I like step out that door and it's like dark in there, I'm like, that's it. I can't wake him up again. You know what I mean? I can't get back in there. So that's one um, for me. But I think, yeah, that like our brains and like for me, learning about the science of the brain and how comfortable it wants to make us and how negative it can be sometimes <laughs> has been one of the most enlightening things of my life. Uh, just really learning how the brain just wants to keep you comfortable and it will lie to you all day long if you don't actively do something to sort of snap yourself out of that. So is that something that you've experienced that your clients experience? 
Yeah, I I think that's one of maybe like a gift that I've received as a personal trainer in working with people and, and them. Uh, I'm sure you've experienced this too. Like people are really open when you are in that close relationship and you learn yes, a lot about them and their, sure. their thoughts and their struggles. And, and I value that people feel comfortable sharing that with me. Um, but one thing that I certainly have gained from it is that, damn, we're so hard on ourselves. Oh gosh, yeah. Every person is so hard on themselves. And I think that people don't realize how common that is amongst everyone. Mm. Like people get down and negative in their heads and they don't realize that like the three other people in the room beside them are also down and negative on their heads. They think that they're just not doing as good as everyone else. But literally everyone has that same thought. Everyone is struggling with those same thoughts in their head. And I think that some people have learned better strategies and how to like fill that thought with or replace it with something positive uh, when they can. And that certainly helps Uh, to give maybe an example of what I'm talking about is like, if I'm, let's just say running, if I'm out for a run, maybe the na- the constant thought in my head would be like, I'm tired, I'm tired, I want to do this, I mm. want to go, I'm tired. And certainly if you're a new runner, that's like a very common like train of thought in your head. But I've learned to just replace that thought in my head of like, oh, fresh air is so good, this is like feeling good, focusing on my breath, or just like replacing the thought of like, I can do this, just keep going, I can do this. Because if I'm not being intentional and putting a positive thought in my head, my brain's going to default to the negative. Totally. And that's an important point too, is that that is our default. Yeah. Sometimes the ego and the protection and all of these things. So like if you don't have, uh, you know, I think awareness and control of Mm -hmm. your mind, I don't even, I hesitate to say control, but like you said, like some sort of replacement or like really super awareness because I thought like, I'm very spiritual too. So like I was on a spiritual path. Like I started probably, I don't know, probably seven years ago, uh, little by little. And like maybe four years ago, I started doing yoga and I was like, okay, if I do enough yoga, if I like read enough books, if I sit in meditation for long enough, then like the voices are going to stop. You know what I mean? Like my negative voice and my Mm -hmm. voice that tells me I'm not doing enough. Uh, And that... I think perpetuated me into just a bunch of shame because I think for many people, we expect that voice to go away if like we do enough things and we take enough action, but it's a big possibility that it might always be there, you know? And I think knowing that, knowing that really helped me. I was like, oh, it's just part of me. Yeah. It's empowering to know it. And it's something I share with my clients in terms of like, I'm running or hiking or doing a strength workout. And I have the negative thoughts and I'm still like, just keep going. You can do it. Keep going. Like, you know, I have to like coach myself through it. And just because I'm a personal trainer and I'm self-employed, I haven't like beaten it. I haven't gotten through to the other side and in some like positive enlightenment area. (laughs) And, you know, as like a business owner and someone who's like on the online social media space, you can probably relate that it's so easy to get sucked in and be like, oh, I'm not doing as well as this person and they're building this and I should be ha- this far along in my business. Yes. And the same th- um, train of thought is helpful in terms of me just being like, I'm doing the best I can. 
just keep going. You're doing the best you can. And uh, I need to, I mean, it's not perfect for sure. Those, uh, there's times where you get kind of like heavy down into it. And then I'm hopefully able to pop myself out and be like, what the heck? Yes. Like, yes. Switch, switch the script here because yeah. this is not helping anything, in, whether it's in fitness, nutrition, business, whatever component of our life. For sure. And mm-hmm. I think it's good. Like, that's why, um, you know, I choose and I think you choose too to be vulnerable. And Mm -hmm. to like say these things out loud. And I used to be so scared to say that like I wasn't, I grew up in like a very, um, you know, high expectation uh, home, you know what I mean? Where like you couldn't have a hair out of place, you had to be perfect, Mm -hmm. A plus, like, and that kept me very stringent. I ended up developing eating disorders later just because I had no way to like express what I was feeling so like it all of like the tension and anxiety manifested in um you know those disorders but I found that like actually speaking my truth out loud and saying these things that like yeah I have bad days sometimes you know bad days sometimes and I cry and like sometimes like especially around my period uh I have a day where I'm like I don't even like my life today (laughs) you know what I mean (laughs) like there's one day around your period when like your serotonin drops and then I remember I'm like oh I'm just getting my period like my life is actually good (laughs) um so just being aware and knowing that like if I share with others and have others share with me and especially with clients and people who uh, maybe look up to you I just think that it is amazing to know that like we're all human and we're all in this together. Yeah. And to like just normalize, uh, not, not accept the negative train of thoughts because for sure you, you can do work to replace it and make it more positive and um, effective for you. But like, yeah, to acknowledge that everyone's dealing with that crap. Some people get a little deeper into it and for sure there's, you know, like other things at play and, and it's not as easy for some people to switch it. I fully acknowledge that. But like, I really don't believe there's anyone out there who's like, I'm awesome. Everything I, know. <laughs> I have no self-doubt. I, I have know. like no struggles through this. And I think as trainers, as pe- coaches who work with people on a more intimate basis, we're privileged because we, we get to see the, the behind the scenes of so many people. So it like normalizes it for me. Yes. But I know that not everyone is privileged to that perspective. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it really, it really makes you think that like, you know, you're not alone because many times we can default on, and I saw you had a blog on your, or a a blog post on your blog about this, um, about like the stories that we tell ourselves and the narratives that we can be victim to almost that can run our entire lives, which we might not even be aware of. So how would you describe that uh, to somebody? Yeah, I mean, like going back to my story when I first got into running, like one of the identity things that I would labels I would put on myself is like, I'm not a runner, Mm -hmm. right? I'm the chubby friend. I'm, I'm the funny friend. Mm -hmm. And like, while they were true at that point in my life, I suppose by me um, repeating those, those stories or those labels, I was just keeping myself stuck of not being a runner of being the chubby friend of like the more you repeat the story, the more you believe it's true. And then the more it is the truth, mm-hmm. um, but you doesn't have to be the truth. Like you can change it and it takes intention and it takes pushing through that uncomfortable bit. But it, first and foremost, it takes like recognizing it that like I when I mentioned that being at that conference and recognizing like, 
oh my God, I'm totally in that comfort comfort zone. I didn't even realize, right? Yeah. I was like happy I was in my job, had a good job, doing my like side hustle thing. And then it wasn't, I felt like almost smacked upside the head. I was like, huh? What? Yeah. yeah. Shoot, what, what, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> this does not have to be my reality. Yes. Uh, I can make a change, but I have to take control of, I have to take ownership of like this, this scenario that I've created and make a conscious decision to write a different story, tell myself a different belief or a different thing that I'm, I'm going to go after and not allow uh, the past to dictate the future. Yes. Such an amazing point. And I want people out there to know that like, if you're in a situation in your life that does not feel awesome to you, you know, deep in your heart, because I think when people are going through that, they know deep in their hearts, Mm -hmm. if they really listen that their current circumstances are not uh, optimal for them and that there's more that they could have or do or whatever, just live a more aligned life. But sometimes doing that is so difficult and it takes like making changes and maybe moving or or something. So I just really want people to know that, you know. When I was, um, although I was like decided to quit my job and then, and I had like my business built up over the years and then I had that gift of, of additional clients to help bridge. So, you know, things were kind of like lining up well for me to make that transition and it was still so scary. Like I remember handing in my resignation letter and going to the bathroom and wanting to like cry, scream and vomit all yeah. in the same yep. moment. Been there. It was yeah. one of the most terrifying moments of my life because this massive, massive crutch of security, which I've worked really hard to build up, yeah. I was just like basically kicking it by the wayside. So I was changing my story. I was changing my script. I was changing um, my reality. And that is super scary. And especially because lots of people in my life uh, were on my network, my friends, my they were all in that world of having yeah. that company job Mm. so for me that was really terrifying to be like okay well I'm gonna go do this thing because this is my whole world now so it even though I'm obviously still friends and keep in touch with all those people it felt like I was giving up that and I think to relate that to like health or fitness it can be really hard if your social circle isn't in to being active isn't making healthy choices it's hard to make to be like you said with the alcohol to be the lone wolf making that change yes. and against the grain. It's a lot easier if you have people all around you already doing it. Um, and one of the reasons why when I decided to quit my job, the first thing I did was reach out to a local group um, of like self-employed women and ask if we kind of created like a once a month dinner meetup mm-hmm. because I recognized that everyone in my life had a kind of regular nine to five, um, really, um, like comfortable day job. And while that's awesome, and I love all those people in my life, I needed to be around people who are self employed, I needed to have that environment around me. So I could stretch in that direction. And I think if you're in the scenario where people in your life are not maybe super supportive of your health and nutrition or lifestyle goals, go and seek out a community that's more aligned with what you want to be or what you want to do. There's lots of online communities. Um, or you, you know, probably most people have a friend who's like kind of the active one. And I always yeah. encourage like, reach out to them, see if you can go for a hike with them or go for a walk or like, you know, just build that relationship, like put yourself in the scenario where people are doing what you want to be doing. 
Yes. And I cannot overstate the importance. I talk about it all the time, even on social media, how important it is to exactly what you said, have people that are doing, you know, the, uh, you know, unconventional thing that you're doing too. Cause like that was me too. I mean, I was in a corporate job as well and it, you know, would have paid me well forever. Uh, so to leave that and to sort of like uproot my life completely to move, (laughs) to study something different, uh, it was very isolating. And especially when I got back, when like, you know, um, when I got back from grad school and sort of started my business, being the only person in your social circle who maybe eats healthy or is, uh, you know, the the entrepreneur who has like a weird job, uh, the not a typical job, then it's extremely isolating. And it wasn't until I started getting into groups here in Miami um, and especially getting into um, our business coaches, uh, Jill Coleman's community uh, and meeting the other women that um, are in our groups that things really like you're like, oh, my God, there's so many other people like me and they can get it. And the mm-hmm. women in my group have become some of my best friends in the world because we are going through the same things together. Like what we do is like kind of bizarre. You know what I mean? Like we put our <laughs> face all over our Instagram feeds and like we talk into the camera uh, and we record, you know, our conversations like right now. But it's mm-hmm. just like the new media the new times of the world and we have such a beautiful opportunity to impact so many people um so so yeah i kind of went off on a tangent there but um (laughs) but but yeah i can't overstate the importance of finding people who are doing what you're doing and to hold on to them and to go to them when you're having something and i think too so many people might want to do something and they think that the fear uh, might never go away so how are what are some what are some things that you can tell someone who maybe wants to make that change, but they're feeling the fear like pressed on them every single day. That's a question I get all the time. Interesting. I mean, my general premise of life, my belief is that all the best stuff in life is after, is on the other side of fear. Yes. Yeah. And it's hard to push through it. Like you can't sugarcoat that. It yeah. is hard. But every time I've done something where I'm like, whew, yeah. okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool then it's so good on the other side. And you just have to sometimes like grit your teeth and be like, okay, I'm taking the scary jump. Um, I mean, one thing that I've in in multiple times in my life, when I've pushed through that scary thing, I've reminded myself is that like, nothing's permanent. Yeah, nothing is permanent. Like I used to live um, in the other part of like in the middle of Canada. And when I moved out to the West Coast, I moved out with my husband, but he was my boyfriend at the time and we weren't dating very long. And some of my friends were like, oh, my God, what are you doing? You're moving out to Vancouver. And I was like, I don't know if it doesn't work out. I'll, I'll move back. Yeah. Like, it's not a one way thing. There's yes. planes flying across the country the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Every day. I, it's yeah. Not, like, it's not permanent. Um, and same with like quitting my job. It was, it was hard because I had a really great team and I knew if I left, I wouldn't get that specific job back. But I also know I'm hireable. I have a lot of valuable skills. If like the self-employment thing doesn't work out, yeah, I'll have to swallow my pride and take an ego hit, but I can get another job. Exactly. It's not permanent. It's like, just because I'm deciding this at this moment in my life doesn't mean this is a forever thing. Nothing is forever. So yes. I think keeping that in mind eases the the jump into the unknown a little bit um, because uh, it is scary. It is scary 100%. Um, I mean, that's an instinctual thing built within us that our body wants us to stay comfortable and safe. 
Mm-hmm. You can't change that, right? Like that is just like a survival mechanism built within our body. So us pushing us outside of it, of course, it's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be scary. But if you just accept that and then keep in the back of your mind that like, I can always go back to the other thing. Yeah. You can switch back or like maybe not the exact same thing, but like. You'll find a way. You can always pivot. You can always go a different direction, right? Exactly. So, um, that kind of eases it a little bit. And then like you mentioned, um, the like w- working with Jill and like being connected with other people who are going through similar things, it's helpful to see other people take scary. Uh, oh my God, and yes. Big, and big risks. And uh, when you surround yourself with those type of people, you're like, okay, well, she's doing it. I can do it. Like yes. there, there's momentum and there's fire in that. So if you're feeling stuck and you kind of look around and the people around you aren't making the decisions and the choices that um, you think would would help you and, and kind of motivate and activate you, just see if you can, I'm not saying like replace that circle, but find another circle that you can spend a little bit of time in as well. Like just yes. expand your networks a little bit. There's different groups of people that serve me different purposes in my life. And it's super valuable to expand and uh, expose yourself to different areas. Yes. And I would encourage anybody out there who's listening, if they're feeling fear and they know in their hearts, like, you know, when something is talking mm-hmm. to you, that's telling you. And it's like, shit, there it is again. Like, I can't, you can't ignore it. So I just mm-hmm. want to encourage everybody. And this is something that I talk about a lot to just like take the tiniest action step. Like that's all you need to do. You don't need to make a big drastic change right now. You just have to take one step because confidence doesn't come. I used to think confidence came from like me sitting around and reading about confidence and like sitting around and thinking about it, but it never came until I actually showed myself that I could be confident like in the Mm -hmm. real world and like in reality, not like in my dream life, you know? Um, so I encourage people to just take a tiny step and then just do that over and over and over and over. And that's pretty much everything in life, like your nutrition and your movement and all of that. Totally. And I think like when, if I go back to when I was working with this coach at my job, I didn't decide, okay, I'm going to become a personal trainer, quit my job and start my own business and blah, blah, blah. It was like, okay, I'm going to sign up for this first course. I can do that. I can do that while I'm working. I can. And then I finish the course. Okay. I can register for a business license great. Okay. I can set up a website, right? These are all like little small steps that are then building and and the same with the running. Okay. I'm not going to just sign up for a half marathon and go from couch to half marathon. I'm going to go out and run for two minutes and walk for one. Now next week I'm going to do three minutes and walk for one. And I'm just going to take these little bite sized pieces and, and kind of have an idea of maybe where I want to go down the road, but I'm not going to worry about all the like 18 million steps between here and there. Totally. (laughs) Just going to like, Look at the one right in front. Exactly. That's all we can do. Yeah. So so a few months back, you and I had a conversation over DM about children. And yeah. I think I had posted about me getting uh, the book, Taking Charge of Your Fertility, like just like just in case, you know what I mean? And I decide to have them. And I had mentioned in, I posted on Instagram stories and I was like, you know, I am selfish right now and I cannot picture a child in my life at this moment. And Mm -hmm. you messaged me and you were like, you know, that really isn't selfish to want to do that. And I just feel like I am somebody who right now cannot handle that. Um, So and that's something that is not uh, the typical narrative, especially like for married women, for married women in their mid 30s uh, Mm -hmm. who take an unconventional path. 
So talk about your experience with that and how it, you know, I think that's something that can also relate to just living your life on your own terms. Yeah, I think, yeah, it was an interesting conversation that we had. In a, yeah, we talked for a while. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I feel, it's, it's, where do I even start with it? So back when we first got married, I definitely was part of the like, I need to have kids camp. Um, it's one of those things that like ex- life experiences I need to have. And then my husband went back to school and we kind of like, you know, put things off for a little bit. And then it wasn't until a couple years later that I started to be like, I don't know, do I want kids? Yeah. Like, is this something I want? And so my husband and I have, a, I think, a great relationship in that and that we just check in every year. Like, do you want kids? And we're like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy with where things are at. And I think uh, it was really an interesting shift for me to be like, wait a minute, I don't have to do this thing. Yeah. Like I can, it's a choice I can make if I want, but I also can make an independent decision and decide if it's right for me in this moment. And I, I think just going parallels to like health and nutrition is like, just because everyone else is doing a thing, everyone is doing keto, everyone is doing paleo, doesn't mean you have to do that thing. You can mm. make an independent decision for yourself of what works for you. And that's really the best way to do it is not to just jump on the train with everyone else. Um, but it was really interesting because in my, now I'm like in my late thirties and the older I get, the kind of more comfortable we are with our situation in our life and not wanting to change that. But I feel like there wasn't a lot of people that were talking about it or that I could personally relate to, um, because I feel like there was people who either knew from a very young age, they definitely didn't want kids. Mm -hmm. They just didn't want to add to weren't interested in being a mom, never felt maternal, never had any of that. And then there was people who were like, well, I've tried a bunch of times and it's not working. Yes. I've carried or I have, you know, polycystic, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these reasons why I can't conceive. So there was either like one end of the spectrum and I haven't really come across anyone, not that I've like searched extensively, but like talking about the fact of like pausing and making the decision. Yes. Uh, like, checking in with themselves to be like, I, I for sure have felt maternal and I have a dog and I'm like dog mom and mm-hmm. love that stuff. And, and I like cooking and like organizing stuff. And I have lots of siblings and I used to like take a strong role in organizing like their birthday parties and stuff like that. So like, if you want to go to like the maternal kind of mom things, like those are there. Um, and as far as I know, I don't have any issues that are like preventing me from getting pregnant, but I still feel like I I can stop and make that call for myself and consider if it's something I actually really want to do. And I just, uh, when we were chatting about it, it it was interesting because I I just don't feel like anyone is talking about that kind of middle ground. Yeah. No, I don't want kids or I do want kids, but I can't have kids. Yes. And then the people who are just married without kids, it's like, and then there's also like the stigma now where people don't want to ask you about it because it's inappropriate, right? Yeah. There's more around that and I, I do um uh what's the word I do like agree with that because you don't know a person's scenario and it, it, it is none of anyone's business what you are deciding to do with your body and your life but in that movement around that area it also kind of silences people to talk about it whereas that's why I messaged you because I was like actually I'm happy to chat about it because yes think that there is people who aren't actually discussing this yes. where it can just be a choice and it doesn't have to be this like 
one end of the spectrum or another. And it can be, you can like look at the information and take some time for yourself to, to decide if it really is what you want in your life. And if it really, um, is serving the purpose that you need, or, um, I don't know if that's making sense. Yes, absolutely. And it's really just like what you said before, just being mindful and like pausing and being like, do I actually want this thing? Because it's not like you're getting a plant. You know, this is like (laughs) something that's like really going to completely and drastically change your life forever. Like I'm 33 and I am still bothering my parents all the time. You know what I mean? I'm they like still can't get rid of me. You know what I mean? I'm completely independent from them and stuff. But like just like yesterday, my dad took me out to lunch. You know what I mean? I'm texting with them all the time. Um, So it's like something that would really be this huge, huge thing. And I think that if you are like, obviously you're a very mindful and thoughtful person. Um, so like, I feel like so many people make the decision because it's automatic and mm-hmm. it's, it's because it's the expectation and it's because it's what you should do. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it's like, this huge thing. It's like, do you really want that? You know what I mean? I'm not saying that it's bad or good. I'm just saying that everybody, um, you know, can make their own, their own decisions. And especially like, even now for me, I have been with my fiance for almost five years and, uh, we're getting married in February. So like, you know, many people in our lives are like, when's the grandbaby coming? And I'm like, it's not like this is my body. <laughs> like, do not. Yeah. I, I I can't stand it when when people say that to me because I'm like, even as a joke, like I just don't think that it's appropriate because I'm like, it's my body. You have no idea what what is happening, like or what I'm thinking about this. Um, so so yeah, it's something that I'm sensitive to as well. And I think it's also okay, like in your case and maybe in my case too, to just be like, I don't know. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's interesting, like, when we first got married, we were together for seven years, and now we've been married for seven years, um, and when we first got married, I think in the first, I would say, two or three years after, a lot of the questions of, like, when are you having kids, when are you having kids, and like you said, because I, it was like, you get married, you buy a house or a condo in Vancouver, because real estate's insane, mm-hmm. um, and then you have kids, and that's kind of like the pattern, but because my husband went back to school, we kind of paused on that last piece, then all my friends had kids and then it felt like we popped out the other side and then it was a way to like wait a minute do we want to do this and then it was like uh not right now let's 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 check in let's wait um let's see how it goes and and like make a make a decision next year and then the next year is like "Mm, i don't really no i think we're okay let's but it's never been like 100 percent no yes the older we get the more it's kind of like the the dial is leaning that way but it's uh yeah it definitely at some point switched in my brain for me to be like wait a minute I don't have to do this like I can but it's not it doesn't have to be the pattern in the root and I think that um for me I personally uh, while I'm sure having a child will be super fulfilling and amazing and all of this stuff at this point in my life I don't feel like I'm missing something Mm. Um, maybe I'm missing the experience of like growing a human in me for sure. I would say Uh that's a unique experience, which I have not had in my life, but I feel super fulfilled and happy with other things in my life that I've created. And I think some people find that fulfillment and engagement through having children and, and raising a family and contributing in that way. And other people can find the fulfillment and engagement in other areas of their life. And it was 
it was um, really interesting that, I don't know, I had some moment of clarity of like going down the path and then just putting on the brakes and being like, wait a minute, what do I actually want to do? What yeah. actually makes sense for me? Not what everyone else is doing. Yeah. What makes sense for me? Exactly. And I think another thing is that like you can be uncertain and just be like, I don't know, but people don't like hearing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. People don't like hearing about uncertainty. It's like, what, just tell me, like, what is it that you yeah. want to do and, and whatever. And I think like in our society in general, everything is so black and white that if you're not fit into like this perfect box, it's uncomfortable for other people. Yeah. And like after a couple of years, people stopped asking me if we were going to have kids because they were like, oh, we've been together for like five, six, seven years now. Yeah. I'm not going to ask. But now I'm almost in the position where when someone asks and I open up because mm -hmm. I feel like people aren't talking about oh, that's this. That's good. Yeah. I, um, there, it is a decision you can make. And just because you're married doesn't mean you have to have kids right away or ever. Um, and so I'm very open to talking to people about it because. I, I, like I said, I never had a conversation with anyone around that. It was either I can't get pregnant or I never wanted to be pregnant. Like I knew I never, ever wanted that in my life. So I never really met anyone that kind of was comfortable discussing the gray zone in between. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, I haven't been as open about it. Like, I think I talk about it like every once in a while, um, Especially, like definitely like when people in my life ask I'm like nope not right now like this <laughs> store is closed uh not happening right now like I have no issue saying that um but people always want to tell me oh but you can like in five years I'm like what if I don't what if I just don't want to you know and then that's like you know uncomfortable for people but it's just a testament to how there's no one way to live life there's no one way to be fulfilled and I think that the ultimate confidence and the ultimate fulfillment comes from doing what works for you in your life and what makes you feel good. And nobody can decide that except for you. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of power in, in any part of your life, pausing and having some reflection and yes. deciding like, what path do I want? Am I just going to go along blindly um, and, and just go through the motions and, and do what where kind of like the stream is pulling you. Exactly. Um, and that's fine if that aligns with, with who you are and what you want to do. But I think that there's value in like popping your head up every now and again and being yes. like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> on this one? Yeah. Like veer right and go over here. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, you and I could talk forever. Uh, it's already yeah. been over an hour. Um, we could talk about so many other different things, but I really love the way that this conversation went about passion and honoring yourself and doing what works for you. I always ask the guests just three or four quick fire questions. Um, the first one is that I love to read and I'm always reading like five books at a time and a lot of the listeners love to read. So are there any books right now that you're reading that are having a big impact on you or a book in your life that you've read in the past that you've really loved? Um, my, one of my favorite books is the Jen, uh, Sincero, how to be a badass. Yes. Did I say how to be awesome? Oh God. I yeah. It's how to be a badass, how to be a badass and how to be a badass at making money. Yes. Both of those awesome. Like are like my Bible. I love yes. those. Yes. Um, and I just bought James Clear, uh, um, atomic habits book. Mm. Oh, I've seen um, that. Yeah. Yeah. So he, I listened to him on Lewis Howe's podcast. Um, I think it's like episode 701 or 702, really great episode on how to build effective habits. 
Um, so highly suggest you check that out. And so then I bought the book because I was like, damn, that was a really good podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like consume what you have and you just released it. So I haven't dug into that book yet, but I highly anticipate I will love it. Awesome. We'll definitely yeah. put that in the show notes for people to find. Uh, the next question that I ask is just like pure curiosity because I always want to know this about people. And that's yeah. if you could have, if you were on death row, what would be your last meal? Oh, probably homemade gnocchi. Oh, I'm Italian. I had an Italian grandmother who would make it from scratch. And that is like just magic pillows. It of is. Dope. It's so good. Yeah. And definitely some some gooey chocolate something for dessert because I'm a huge chocolate person. Oh, yeah. That sounds perfect. That would be one of mine, too. Like some sort of like delicious Italian mm-hmm. dish and something melty and chocolatey. Yeah. Um, the last question that I ask is what are your you know we live in a world where like i'm really fascinated by space and like everything that's out there and like i can't even look at like a big model of space and like see where we are because i'm like oh my god it's too vast like i'm getting overwhelmed (laughs) um but when it comes to like what is going on here in life and like our purpose and what you know life is really about what is your view on like you know, what's out there and not in terms of like aliens and things like that, but like, (laughs) just like your view of like, what, like, if you have any like spiritual beliefs, if you uh, think that there's a greater force out there, uh, things like that. Uh, I definitely, and only probably in the last several years have become open or believing in, in just this concept of like the universe of Mm -hmm. like things happen that we can't describe things align that and there's energy and force and things working for us uh, that you can't articulate necessarily. And it's a little woo woo. And I know probably me six or seven years ago would be like, really, Marisa? What the fuck yeah. are you <laughs> no, we can curse. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it just like how I mentioned when I decided I was going to quit my job and then things just started to come into place. Yeah. Like when you put the intention out there, you, things start to shift. Um, and I, and I think it's really cool and really fascinating and intriguing, um, that there's so much that we don't know. Um, so why not, why not just believe that everything is happening for a reason? Exactly. That, um, the, a quote that I have on my phone is live life. Like everything is rigged in your favor. Oh yeah. I love, where's that quote from somebody? I heard Ariana Huffington say it. But yes, I yeah. She, I don't know if she made it up or she just like repeated it from someone else. Yeah. But like, I just love that. Like, just have the perspective that things are going to work out. And when you get a hiccup or something, it's not a necessarily a bad thing. Like, it might just be redirecting you in the dire- exact direction you need to go into. Um, so perspective is everything, right? And not... Um, getting too discouraged or down on yourself when you see a barrier um, in the road because it highly likely might be there purposefully. Exactly. And and I think like that's such a good quote because sometimes I'm, you know, I'm not overly optimistic in the sense where I like spiritually bypass. Like I definitely, you know, listen to like my bad feelings or negative feelings or things like that. But I do think that like if I have an optimistic view of my circumstances, then I don't suffer, you know, Mm. and I just really rather not suffer (laughs) Um, 
in terms of like seeing everything as like doom or like everyone's coming after me or living like a victim. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I said, I definitely honor feelings of sadness or loneliness or whatever it is. But to, you know, for something bad to happen, like quote unquote bad, and then to view it as like, okay, this is just a pivot in my life circumstance and better things are coming. I don't suffer if I think that way. Uh, So I think that that's like kind of goes along with what you said. Yeah, I think um, if you look back at your life at all the really, let's say, crappy things that have happened, all the really hard things, you probably can see that something better happened yes. because of that, right? Yes, for sure. Ripple, that shift was uh, necessary to push you in one direction. So that reflection on past events is really important if you're going through something that's not really great at the current moment. Um, if you acknowledge that those past similar barriers were just what you needed to to make a to get you where you are in your life right now um it's a good perspective to have that this this thing will pass and you will be better situated on the other side of it for sure Mm -hmm. Uh, i love that so the last question i ask is the greatest piece of advice that you have ever been given uh and it doesn't have to be you know something really like fancy or whatever it can just be something that has been impactful for you that's, you know, really uh, made a difference in your own life? Yeah, that one for sure. My mom told me this many, many years ago that if it's important to you, you'll figure it out. Mm, Like you'll you'll make it happen. Um, And and in the situation that she told me, I think I, you know, wanted to go to Europe and I didn't have the money. And she was like, if it's important, you'll make it happen. And Yeah. yeah, you know, I made it happen. And that has rung true so many times in my life of like, I want to do this thing, but I can't afford it. Or I want to do this, but X, Y, Z. And it's like, nah, if you want it, you'll make it happen. Like yeah. nothing matters. If you want it bad enough, you'll figure out a way to pull the pieces together and make it happen. And it might not be in the exact way that you thought, but yes. you'll see it happen somehow. If totally. It's totally. Yeah. Even if you have to like get scrappy and like do whatever it is that you need to do, like it doesn't have to be perfect, but yeah. I totally agree with that and really love that. Um, but again, thank you so much for coming on the show. I've had so much fun talking to you. Let the listeners know what you have going on right now and where they can find you online. Cool. Yes. Thank you for having me too, by the way. I really appreciate our conversation. Um, so on social media, my, uh, I'm motivated movement, personal training on Facebook, um, on Instagram, it's Marisa Janine Moody and M-A-R-I-S-A. I only have one S in my name. Um, and um, my website is motivatedmovementpt.com. And what I have right now, I have um, Dumbbell Dash, which is like a free 30-day workout um, done for you program. So it's like all 20 minutes or less workouts. Um, all you need is a set of dumbbells, so you can do them anywhere. And the most workouts actually are in the like 10 to 15 minute range. Um, and the goal is just to build a habit of consistency mm. to show you that you know, small uh, chunks of time done consistently throughout the month can have big effects and helping you uh, find the time in your schedule to build in the workouts. And they're like, they're short and sweaty, but they're effective. They're awesome. Um, So if you go to my website or find me on Instagram, you can find the link to that um, uh, through my profile. Perfect. And we'll put all of that in the show notes and definitely reach out to Marisa and follow her on Instagram for a lot of good stuff. And yeah, I definitely want to have you on again in the future because we didn't get to cover everything that we covered. But thank you again for coming on the show. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Heart Food Podcast. To find the show notes for this episode, visit ashleypardo.com. 
follow Ashley on social media at Ashley K. Pardo. If you enjoy the show, please share it with your family and friends and give us some love by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes.